Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 1 called The Lord is Salvation. Jesus talked about how the depth of the law is much deeper than just external things. And while it would be easy for us to say, oh, this is, the application is to everybody else, we have to be careful because when we come into the house of the Lord, what does God want? Clean hands and a pure heart. Now I know my hands are not clean. They've been cleansed. My heart is not pure, but it's been purified. And so I take refuge in that. But I also know that there's a part I play in this. Amen? I mean, there's something that God wants me to do. He does want me to pursue holiness. He wants me to pursue godliness and so forth. And so, as James mentions pure and undefiled religion, I mentioned last week he talked about the tongue. Taming your tongue is a a big part of it because we can even murder someone's reputation. Once while John Wesley was preaching, he noticed a lady in the audience who was known for her critical attitude. All through the service, she sat and stared at his new tie. When the meeting ended, she came up to him and said very sharply, Mr. Wesley, the strings on your bow tie are much too long. It is an offense to me. He asked if any one of the ladies present happened to have a pair of scissors in their purse. When uh, the scissors were handed to him, he gave them to his critic and asked her to trim the streamers to her liking. After she clipped them off near the collar, he said, are you sure that they're all right now? Yes, that's much better. Then let me have those shears a moment, said Wesley. I'm sure you wouldn't mind if I also gave you a bit of correction. I must tell you, madam, that your tongue is an offense to me. It is much too long. Please stick it out, and I will take some off to my liking. Ooh, tough. And so God says, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. I want you to see the repetition of yourselves. See, don't focus on everybody else. Focus on yourself first. Wash yourself. Make yourself clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn, by contrast, to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. See, true repentance makes things right again, but when we get things right again, we start doing some right things. There is some fruit of repentance. The New Testament mentions that. There's a fruit that comes from a life that is actually repented, and and here, so that we don't get uh, too beat up tonight, he says, come now. Let us reason together. Let's talk, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, a picture of sin, and even connecting to the idea of blood here, Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. When Jesus was being beat and crucified, they put on him a what? Scarlet robe. And the Son of God was crucified. His crimson blood uh, flowed down from the cross. Spurgeon said, if you can look at the cross and see that crimson flow and you're not changed, there's something wrong. And when the crimson flow, uh, flowed down at Calvary, the Son of God was making us clean. Behold, the Lamb of God who, what? Takes away 
the sin of the world. He cleanses us from all sin, and he keeps on cleansing us, and we are white as snow because of him. And so God says, let's reason, because this is what I want to do. This is what I want to make you. If you consent, and that's important, if you have the English standard, it says, if you are willing and obedient, the new NAS says, if you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Truly, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. You see, it all starts with willingness. Are you willing? Now, we are going to swing. and We just have a few minutes left. We're going to swing into some restoration, redemption type of language in the last few verses here to give us some hope, because I told you the book is sprinkled with hope. They've got to hear the bad news. Now they're going to hear the good news of restoration and redemption. But he's going to talk about the city. He says, how the faithful city has become. If you're a Bible student, please mark the phrase, has become a harlot. You know, oftentimes the Bible will use the idea of prostitution to get a point across that it's spiritual prostitution, that is cheating with other false gods. That's the main idea here, but it also was manifested in the religious rites of the pagans because they would actually do some very base things in their religious practices. And I think most of you know what I'm talking about. How the faithful city, that's Jerusalem, has become a harlot. It was a process. She who was full of justice, righteousness once lodged in her, but now murderers. Here's the image. Righteousness used to stay in town all the time and lodge at the hotel, and there was a big welcome sign because Jerusalem was the city for the righteous king, and the welcome mat was always laid out for righteousness, and righteousness comfortably lodged in Jerusalem, but now there's no welcome sign anymore for righteousness. Righteousness has been kicked out of town, and in its place, the murderers are now comfortable, radical. God says, your silver, 22, has become dross. Your drink is diluted with water. What is dross? It's the residue left at the end of the smelting process after metal has been separated from the impurities. And God says, your silver that's supposed to be pure is actually residue. If you've ever dealt with residue, you just know it's not pretty, right? That's what God says. That's what your silver is like. What you value has become dross. What you drink has become diluted. One writer said, sin promises to spice up our lives, but it actually dilutes everything. Your rulers are rebels, 23, and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and chases after rewards, 23. They do not defend the orphan nor does the widow's plea come before them. They say like the world, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's how the gears of everyday life are lubricated in America. It gets things done. But when it overrides justice, it's wrong, no matter how well it works. When responsible people choose expediency, they are not judges, they are auctioneers, with the truth going to the highest bidder. That is why helpless people get stepped on in our society. Powerful powerful people lose their sense of God. When the only ones who matter are successful, formidable people, life becomes savage. If people do not believe that the very hairs of their head are numbered by a living father in heaven, Matthew 10, 30, they have no logical reason to care about anyone else. This is why the most important thing in us is our sense of God. And so God says, this is what I see. I see people taking bribes and I see people, uh, truth no matter, doesn't matter anymore. It's just if we can make a deal and everybody's happy with the deal. Sound familiar? Because behind a lot of closed doors, not only in secular institutions, but dare we say it, in places of worship, things like this are going on and God says, I see it. 
I see what is going on. Therefore, the Lord God of hosts, the mighty one of Israel declares, ah, I will be relieved of my adversaries and avenge myself on my foes. I will also turn my hand against you. You're saying, Pastor Michael, when are we coming to the good news? We'll get there. And will smelt away your drosses with lie and will remove all your alloy. NIV, I will turn my hand against you, 25. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. Lie in the L-Y-E in the NAS is, uh, my understanding is a very powerful cleansing agent. And it's got to be used in the right doses or it will actually destroy garments and it could kill you. But used in the right mixture will actually do a fantastic cleanup job. And that's what God is saying. I'm going to come in and my hand's going to be turned against you, but for the purpose of to smelt away your dross, to take it away, to cleanse it with the powerful cleanser of the Spirit, and to remove all the impurities from your life. You know, that's what God is doing. That is God's refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be, what do we sing? Holy. Set apart for you, O Lord. Now you've stepped into the refiner's fire. It gets hot sometimes, doesn't it? And you go, ooh, I didn't think it was going to be that hot. I didn't think I was going to sweat. And God says, just stay. I'm scraping away the dross. What do they say of the silversmith? That he, he takes the vessel and he's scraping away the dross and heats it up and scrapes it away. And it really shows the value of the gold or the silver. But when he scrapes it away, they say that he knows when he's done, when he can see what? His own reflection. And so God just keeps scraping away. And we keep going, oh, oh, Right? But the beautiful thing is that our Redeemer lives. And he says, I will restore your judges at the, as at the first. We're going to go back to where we started. And your counselors as at the beginning. After that, you will be called. I'm going to change your name. Instead of being the city of harlotry, I'm going to call you the city of righteousness, a faithful city. I'm going to change your name from unfaithful to faithful. Has God done that to you? You know, when I was... Uh, a teenager and an unbeliever, the one thing that you could not call me was faithful. I pretty much showed up when I wanted to show up. If there was something in it for me, I would faithfully show up. If it wasn't in it for me, you could go 50-50 on whether or not I would be there. You know, I was pretty unpredictable. But when I became a Christian, the Lord, one of the refinements that he was doing in my life is he was showing me what it means to be faithful. It is required of a steward that he be found, what? Faithful. God is faithful to us, and the more he scrapes away the dross, the more that will be produced in your life is faithfulness. That's what God wants. We don't see it very much. But when you see faithfulness, man, there's no substitute for it. When someone's a faithful friend, a faithful employee, a faithful uh, minister of the gospel, you go, man, that is rare. They actually show up when they say they're going to show up. They do what they say they're going to do. And Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Your word should be good enough. And so God scrapes away the dross and scrapes away the dross. And he says, Zion will be redeemed, another name for Jerusalem, with justice and notice her repentant ones with righteousness. Ultimate fulfillment, I believe, in the city of righteousness will be fulfilled in Revelation 21, 22 in the New Jerusalem. And I'm gonna show you just a couple of verses because I have to. Go to Revelation 21. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Since last year, our listener partnerships have grown. Last Christmas, we let our listeners know it cost over $150,000 a year to fund this ministry. That includes radio airtime, podcasting, promotion, equipment, supplies, and one part-time staff member. At this time last year, we were excited to report listener support had reached 25% of our overall budget. The rest is funded by Living Truth Christian Fellowship Church funds. Now that has grown to 31%, and because of that, we have added Walk in Truth to three more radio stations, where more people have had a chance to hear these teachings. We could still use your help, too. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe in, with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Zion will be redeemed, another name for Jerusalem, with justice, and notice her repentant ones with righteousness. Ultimate fulfillment, I believe, in the city of righteousness will be fulfilled in Revelation 21-22 in the New Jerusalem. And I'm going to show you just a couple of verses because I have to. Go to Revelation 21. The city of righteousness, the, the full fulfillment, the ultimate fulfillment will come in the New Jerusalem. And I want you to see what God says. And I'll try to be brief with these. Revelation 21-23. 21-23. And the city, think of this, this phrase, the city of righteousness, Revelation 21, 23, the city, the New Jerusalem, has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it. For the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nation shall walk by its light, Revelation 21, 24, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, for there shall be no night there, its gates shall never be closed. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, and nothing, what? Unclean. And no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Are you grateful that your name is there? Look at Revelation twenty-two thirteen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, Jesus speaking, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Revelation twenty-two fourteen. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, and the sorcerers, and the immoral persons, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you to these things uh, for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. Go back to Isaiah, we'll wrap it up. Isaiah chapter one, very end of the chapter. Look at 28, but transgressors and sinners 
will be crushed together, and those who forsake the Lord shall come to an end. Right in your margin, Ephesians 1.7, you will see in there the beautiful idea of redemption. God, uh, key words, will restore, verse 26. He will redeem, verse 27. Notice connected to the repentant ones. And he will judge because purification includes cleaning or cleansing or dealing with those who refuse to be cleansed. Amen? How do you have purification of the city if the unpure remain? And so God says the ultimate fulfillment of this will be in the New Jerusalem where there will be no one in that city who has not been redeemed by the Redeemer. And so he says in 28, the transgressors and sinners will be crushed. Those who forsake the Lord will come to an end. That's part of the redemption and cleansing process. But to redeem or restore, redeem literally means to buy back. This is what God does. He purchases people from the slave market of sin. And he says, surely, 29, you will be ashamed of the oaks which you have desired Terebinth and the New King James because it was one of those trees, sacred trees that they worshiped at in the uh, false religions. You will be embarrassed at the gardens which you have chosen. Notice they chose them over God. For you will be like an oak whose leaf fades away or as a garden that has no water. And the strong man will become tinder, his work also a spark. Thus they shall both burn together. I think a picture of ultimate judgment here. And there will be none to quench them. But Good news in verses 27, 26 and 27, God will restore and redeem anyone who is what? Verse 27, repentant. Anyone who will turn around and come to the Lord. Go to 1 Peter, Pastor Promises, final verse. And all God's people said, amen. Oh, you're not supposed to say amen. Today. You're supposed to say, No, we want more, Pastor. <laughs> Boy, that was quiet. 1 Peter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, verse 3, 1 Peter 1, has caused us to be born again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, 1 Peter 1, 4, undefiled, will not fade away, preserved in heaven, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, see your Bible, if what? If needed or if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Why do you think it might be necessary to be distressed by various trials? What do trials do? What do they do? They produce what? Perseverance, faith, right? Hope. Look at verse seven. That the proof of your faith, this language is uh, metals going through the fire, that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The praise, glory, and honor there, I've said to you before, many scholars believe is praise, glory, and honor from God to us. In other words, God will say, you have been faithful to the end. You've been faithful with a few things. I will bless you with many things. Amen. Well done, good end. Faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. We're going to go through trials. If necessary, apparently God sometimes thinks it's necessary for us to go through various trials. I know that none of you are all excited about various trials. I know that when you're going through various trials, you'd like those trials to be over as quickly as possible. Some smooth waters, please, Lord. But God says, if necessary, I'm going to take you through some trials. 
not to, not to destroy you, but to redeem you so that you might shine for me. Amen. You've been listening to The Lord is Salvation, Part 6 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 1. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. But please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. It's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. And you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings on the book of Job, Psalms, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, God, throughout biblical history, does warn. He warns his people to repent so that they can become a fruitful tree blossoming rather than this scary last part for it says, for you will be like an oak whose leaf fades away, Isaiah 130, or as a garden that has no water. You know, that is a, uh, a picture of dryness and uh, lifelessness. And that's not what we want. Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. The Lord Jesus is our salvation. And if you have not met the Lord, well, this book is all about salvation. It means, Isaiah's name means the Lord is salvation. Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. And he wants to save you. There's a God in heaven who loved you so much he came down on a saving mission. Isaiah will predict that. That was fulfilled in the very history in which we are embedded Maybe you've been listening for a while and you've been considering the claims of Jesus Christ, the authority of the Bible. Maybe you've been listening for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and you're like, you know what? This is truth. I need the Lord. I live among a people of unclean lips. I'm beginning to see who God is. Praise the Lord. You know, he comes to seek and to save that which was lost. And he saved me in the late 80s and I was so lost. And he can save you right now. What do you need to do? Turn your life over to him. Repent of doing it your own way. Repent of your sin. Trust in Jesus Christ. What he did on the cross, his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his triumphant resurrection. Believe on the Lord and you will be saved. Turn your life over. Say, Lord Jesus, save me. I believe in who you are. I believe you rose from the dead. You died on the cross for me. I believe that you're alive today. Be my king, be my Lord, be my God, be my savior. Maybe you, you've been a prodigal. And these messages in Isaiah 1, you, you would say, man, I have been weighed down by my sin again and I want to be free, free to serve the Lord, free to please the Lord, free not to be burdened by my sin any longer. Well, he loves prodigals. And we see that in Luke chapter 15, don't we? He comes running. He looks. He scans the horizon for prodigals. Is that you? You want the joy of your salvation back? Turn back to the Lord. He is faithful. 
Oh, Heavenly Father, pray with me. If you're driving, keep your eyes open. Thank you for every precious radio listener podcast, listener partners of Walk in Truth, our incredible family, our incredible team. Thank you for this wonderful Christmas season. Thank you that hope is alive because Jesus is alive. Please extend your hand of mercy to everyone who needs your touch. You know every heart. You know that person who's hurting emotionally, dealing with some medical issue, a broken relationship, someone who's weighed down by guilt and sin. Would you set people free as they cry out to you? Would you do what only you can do, which is to heal and to save and to restore? Lord, I I pray that you would bless and keep this wonderful listening family, that your gracious face would shine upon them and that you give them peace. You're the Prince of Peace. Grant them peace. Grant us all peace as we look to you. We pray over our nation. Pray over the church. We pray over our families. I pray over those who are lonely this time of year. Oh, Lord, cover them. Cover us all in the beauty of your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Michael Lance. You're listening to Walk in Truth. We're walking through the book of Isaiah. Excited to present it to you. Hey, I pray you'll have a glorious, blessed weekend. Make sure you get into fellowship and uh, serve the Lord and worship Him in spirit and in truth. And Lord willing, we will see you, some of you on Sunday and all of you back right here on Monday for Isaiah. The Lord bless you. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 2 called Seeing with a Prophetic Eye. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.